Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful, here with a name you know. You're going to get to know him even more. He's he's a breakout star, and, and it's wild to say that because he's, he's been putting on killer matches for years, but you're going to see him this Friday at Bound for Glory. Remember, it's a Friday, October 7th. He is defending the Impact X Division title against a legend of the X Division Frankie Kazarian. We got Speedball Mike Bailey. First time I've ever interviewed you. It is. Hello, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I, I've seen you around here and there. Obviously, I've I've enjoyed your work. I enjoy your camouflage. Uh, what what were you drinking out of there? So okay, it turns camo. A, it does. It's a it's a Wawa mug. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the green screen, a of lot course. of things just just flow through, which I, I enjoy. I think that's always a good good fun thing uh one of my favorite green screen bits was when i did a whole shirt reveal on my twitch stream and the new shirts were green i was like i'm gonna reveal the shirts yes and then i pull out the shirt and you can't see anything great bit i did uh, a green screen bit with my boss once where i dressed as a ninja turtle and then i didn't even think through that <laughs> i was gonna be transparent the whole time so there we are. It's a good bit. It is a good it's bit. It's a very good bit. It's yeah, a yeah. good bit. But uh, Bound for Glory, this Friday, I'm super pumped for this match because uh, I I grew up enjoying the X Division, admiring the X Division. It's what drew me to TNA Wrestling. I've seen people like Chris Bay and Kiara Hogan say stuff like this as well. W- was that like a motivating factor for you? Were you looking at guys like Frankie Kazarian and saying, I want to do that one day? Absolutely. I think if you're of a certain age, uh, which is, you know, the the age around which uh, a lot of wrestlers start to become real successful, then when you started watching wrestling, there were very, very limited options for what you could watch. And if you're, you know, you only kind of watch what's uh, the most available. And then eventually you you go right from that, from, uh, you know, very old school, slow punch based wrestling to the X Division stuff that is action-packed and high-flying and super captivating and interesting. And you go, wow, this is this is really different and absolutely mind-blowing, which was 100% the experience for me. Uh, stumbling upon that early X Division stuff really made me see wrestling in a different way, in a way that uh, having done some martial arts, I could 1,000% relate to a lot more and was a lot more interested in. And I wanted to ask you about, about your martial arts background. Like, what did you, What style did you get started in? Uh, Taekwondo. Makes so sense. I started training Taekwondo at a coincidentally named school 
uh, with which I've, I've been training. I mean, I've trained elsewhere, but I always, always went back to that school. Conveniently named Impact Taekwondo. Ah, nice. <laughs> Do you remember a specific thing that like drew you to, to training Taekwondo or anything like that? Like, or, or a specific thing that maybe molded your offense? Like uh, people always point out the kicks and things like that. I remember seeing an Edson Barboza kick in the UFC. And I was like, I want to train that kick every day, mm -hmm. every day. Like, there are those motivating factors, and with with stuff like what you do, there's movies, there's there's combat sports, there's wrestling. There are so many different places that influence can come from. So yes and no. I I didn't choose taekwondo, uh, and I think that's a, that's an important thing for uh, people to know. Like a question I get a lot is, oh, what martial arts should I do? And the reason I started taekwondo is because the school was close to my house. Yes. So it was it was easy for me to walk down there. And do the class and come home. And I think like the the number one predictive factor as to whether someone will stick with a martial art and make it to black belt is how how close the school is to their house. <laughs> so I mean, I ever since I was I was a very, very small boy, I had it in my mind that I wanted to become a pro wrestler. So when I started Taekwondo, the honestly, a big part of me was like, oh, when I do start pro wrestling, this is gonna work out great. Yes. And uh, and it absolutely did. But I think I would have fallen in love with any other martial art that had a uh, a fun, positive environment, as as this school did. And uh, you said that you kind of always knew that you wanted to be a pro wrestler. Do you remember specifically the point where you realized also, I'm capable of things that most people aren't capable of, and this is also going to benefit me because, like, I always I always wonder when I see people accomplish these these physical feats, I'm like. They have to know that's not the norm. They have to know that's not normal because that's a big part of why they're doing it because it, it looks good as well. But when did that hit you and you're like, oh, I can do something that most people on earth can't? So that happened very, very young. I want to say probably like eight, nine years old. That's impressive. What, but uh, me and my brother would, would, watch, would do like not quite backyard because we do it yes. indoors, but resting on our mattresses. And we were smart about it. We would watch people on TV and we tried to ap ap like accurately replicate the technique and what they were doing. So like at nine-year-old Mike Bailey could probably do way crazier moves than he can now. <laughs> I mean, uh, so we had uh, dressers on each side of the mattress. Yeah. That was our top ropes. And my brother would stand up on the dresser with his little brother. He'd pick me up in a powerbomb and I'd counter it into a, Hurricane Rana off of there, Jesus. which is with yeah, no, I I did Phoenix <laughs> splashes off of desks when I was when I was nine years old, and I'd like land them properly and hit them properly. And it happened very often that um, we'd have friends come over to to wrestle with us, and and my brother uh, and I who did this like many many hours a day every day, we're like, oh wow, these guys can't really move. <laughs> I just love the idea of you guys being like, these kids can't work. We gotta get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so that is absolutely true. That is exactly what happened for the most part. Though we wouldn't be dismissive, we'd just be glad we had other people. Uh, but yeah, no, we we were uh, grizzled old veterans at nine years old. I remember when I would like me and my friends would wrestle on the trampoline. We had this this one friend who didn't get it, and he would like always kick us in the ankle. And I'm like, <laughs> stop kicking us in the Achilles tendon. Like that's not a move. That's not a move that we do, but uh, I mean, you're in Impact now. How did mm -hmm. that signing process come about? I'm always fascinated to see that because obviously you had been out of the States for a while. You had made your way back. 
But I mean, the pandemic happened too, so that threw a wrench in a lot of people's plans. So, uh, how was the signing process for you? Like, who reached out? Uh, well, so Scott reached out, um, as did as did everyone around that that time, and there was, you know, um, the process is never as romantic as people imagine, <laughs> and uh, um, you know, it uh, it always takes more time, and it's it's a slow uh, process that involves so. I, people, I think, imagine this in a very romantic way. Americans imagine that Scott Demore took you out for like a candlelit Tim Hortons like meal or something like that. That's that's just how we envision it. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, the way it ultimately happened, it ended up was me signing a contract on Josh Alexander's, Alexander's back. Yes. After losing a match to him, that, a match to him that Scott had said. You know, if I won, I would get a contract, but he gave me the contract anyways. So um, that part, honestly, is uh, is mostly real. That is where I signed the contract. Uh, however, there had been a lot more discussion and a lot more that went on <laughs> leading up to that moment that is is very, very boring. It's not boring to me, Mike. It's very interesting to me. I mean, this is the type of thing that, that, I, that I long for. But, I mean, I would imagine you had interest from multiple companies. Yes, and there had been communications with some people that, like, you, you'll talk to someone, and then that person will disappear, and then someone else will come and talk to you, and you talk to two people that aren't aware that uh, the other person might be talking to you, and so there's that back and forth that's very slow. And I, I'd been communicating with people associated with major companies, including, including people from Impact, for, you know, several years before I could wrestle in the U.S., and we could actually make something happen. But, uh, yeah, it took a while. And, and I mean, now you're, you're exposed to almost a whole new audience, even though, I mean, you had such an incredible run before you had to, to step away from America. But, like, there's – it's constant. Like, you constantly see people saying Speedball Mike Bailey is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, one of the greatest wrestlers on American TV right now. How does that make you feel after the time you had to spend away – from the States, is it like, wish I was here during that period? Or is it like, like reinforcement? Like I knew I belonged here. I knew this is what it could be. Cause I mean, we all did see it. Like anybody that watched the PWG stuff was well aware of what you were capable of. So yes. And that PWG stuff was in 2015. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of like a lot of wrestling after that. And it, it, it bothered me for years when people would come up to me and say something like, Oh, uh, I loved your match. People would come up to me in 2019 and go like, oh, your best match was your match that I've ever seen was your match with Roderick Strong from four years ago, which is patently untrue. I've had much better matches since because I've gotten like a lot better. Um, but ultimately, like it's very hard to say. I can theorize a bunch of scenarios where I, uh, you know, was able to continue wrestling in the States past 2016 and I did the Cruiserweight Classic and I, I got a WWE job there. And then I realized I was miserable and hated wrestling and went to live on a farm. Uh, that, that's one of the many scenarios <laughs> yes. I can theorize. But, uh, like, you don't know. You really don't know. It could have been worse. It could have been better. Uh, I, you know, I had a great time for five years traveling the world and wrestling. And now I'm in impact and I am absolutely killing it. And I am super happy doing what I'm doing. And there is no part of me that is like, I regret doing this. I should have done things differently. I, I did what I had to do. I'm glad it worked out. Um, it is, it's fun to theorize, though. It's fun to think about what could have happened. 
but it's ultimately pointless. I want to I want to try this exercise. I want to try to guess some of the matches that you believe are better than the Roderick Strong match, which is amazing. And yes. I'll I'll just go this year cuz like off the top of my head there's like 10 this year that could probably be there. Uh, Lee yes. Moriarty? Absolutely. Takeshita. Yes. Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel. Yes, that one maybe my favorite match this year. That's it's incredible. It's it's so mm-hmm. good. Um ACH probably earlier this year. I thought that one was amazing. Yes. And let, let me think. Um, I, I wasn't an impact, I don't think, but Moose at Revolver. It was at Revolver. Moose was at Revolver, yes. Yes, I love that match. Like, Sammy Callahan was always, like, sending me stuff, and he's like, this is one you got to see. I, like, <clears throat> there, it's not just in impact is the thing. Like, you're, you're working these matches – all across the country and delivering at the highest level possible. So I'm going to give you one and that triple threat between me, Ace and Trey yes, that happened. At, so that match is 1000% the most underrated match of my entire career. I think like when I, when I saw that match, I was like everything about that screamed incredible pro wrestling match and television stars, like not just, pro wrestling stars but television stars there there were it was like within the x division but three extremely different styles within the x division while still keeping the spirit of the x division which i found to be like just a fascinating clash and combination like it was because ace is such a just like an entertainer and then we had like the strike based stuff then we had trey doing his thing that was an amazing match how do you even begin to put something like that together so honestly, uh, it isn't difficult. It never is difficult. I love that. The, the best matches I've had were the easiest to make always in my career. And you, you talk to people who uh, – I wrestled Will Ospreay a bunch of times, and he's, he's definitely the, the number one guy who, you know, it, it takes five minutes. We don't even talk and we know what the match is going to be because that's we know what we do that's cool. And it's just like <laughs> – you do this one, then I do this one, then that one. Good. And it's just mathematically, it's a good match. So we don't have any any you know additions to make. When you see your offense inspire other people, Naomi's the big one. We see we saw her do the <laughs> speedball kicks. No, sorry. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. They're the Naomi kicks now. <laughs> okay, there if you anything, go. she inspired me at this point. She has taken over those kicks. But I mean, how does it how does it make you feel whenever you see somebody do that? Because I mean, that is again the most watched wrestling television show in the world, and somebody is doing kicks that are inspired by your offense. How like how how does that make you feel? It feels great. Of it's course, awesome. it does. Um, so I, two layers to this. I I didn't invent those kicks. Like sure. they're a thing. They're a thing in Taekwondo. If you watch the, if you go on YouTube right now and put in uh, Athens Olympic Taekwondo highlights, you will see only those kicks because at the time, <laughs> at the, 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 the at, uh, those kicks, little multiple scissor kicks, as well as counter spinning hook kicks were the style at the time for Taekwondo. Taekwondo was 90% of that if you watch it from that era. Uh, but she did, Naomi did make a tweet when it happened and, and she quote tweeted someone saying, those are my belly kicks. And she said like, oh, you know what? I can watch the sticks. So um, I don't know the official full story. But yes, uh, I, I thought the kicks were great when she did it. I think Naomi's one of the greatest pro wrestlers on earth right now. I think she's absolutely fantastic. And yes, I, I want everyone to do what I do. I never have an issue with it. I love that. Uh, I think it's great. Mostly because, again, um, I think the, the the discussion of people not trying to do each other's moves, especially in independent wrestling, is very, very, very silly. Mm -hmm. Because, like, everyone does every moves. In terms of, like, you'll watch a show, an independent show with 10, 12 matches or whatever, with a thousand moves on it. Someone's going to do something similar. If you're, you know, you do a, a, a double underhook pile driver and, and want to make sure that, Everyone's unique, but someone else does a double under hook suplex and or powerbomb. Like it's all the same. What matters a lot more is how you make the move yours and the story you tell behind it and how you how you tease the move and how you make it yours and how you get in and out of it within the match matters a lot more than the move itself. Because to a majority of people that watch wrestling, especially people who watch wrestling for the first time, which to me is the people that are the most important to impress, a guy picked, picks up another guy and drops him on his head kind of all looks the same yeah he uh, jumped spun and kicked them <laughs> where i threw up my hands one time i tweeted during raw i'm like wow this was a great suplex from this person and a person who hadn't wrestled in decades who used to do that and it wasn't their finish was like they didn't even ask me they didn't do anything and i was like you what it's a suplex <laughs> people do them all the time Especially when it's a real thing, when it's a real move that happens. I don't know. I, yes. I'm just glad no one in the UFC gets mad at each other for both winning their fights with rear naked chokes. <laughs> yes. Like, I think a Sulev stretch is like the coolest submission ever. It's like a rear naked knee bar. But I'm not yeah. going to ask somebody for permission. If that presents <laughs> itself, you got to do it. Like, you're not going to call somebody. Well, uh, we have an interesting reader question from somebody I'm sure that you absolutely have no idea who it is. It says, please ask him what the ideal time of year for some apple pie is. <laughs> Jula! That the is, perfect month for some apple pie. Jula. That, is, that question is from, uh, the name we got was absolutely not Veda Scott. Okay, um, good. Uh, Thank you for them <laughs> sending in this question. But So, 
that is one of the very many okay so are you familiar with uh tim and eric i'm i'm familiar but not like overly familiar okay so there's an offset of tim and eric a different project by tim of tim and eric and this is like a behind the scenes video that was posted to his Instagram. So it's not even in one of the shows, but we have been obsessively reciting this bit for, I don't know, two months now as, as we do, as I think any great married couple does. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I mean, Veda is Veda is one of the most talented commentators I think out there. Like I'm shocked that she's not on cable TV every week. Like, I, I, I listen to her work, and it's got such an enthusiasm and such an excitement, plus the knowledge that comes with having been in the wrestling business for as long as she has. Um, I love that. I was so happy to get a question from her. I, 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 I may have messaged and said, hey, feed me a question. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny, but she didn't. But fortunately, I got a question from not Veda Scott, which is even better. I could talk for hours about... What a great commentator and just great mind for wrestling is Veda Scott. And it's a shame that coming from me, it all sounds so incredibly biased. Sure. Um, however, I mean, it's, it's a pretty unanimous opinion that their commentary is absolutely fantastic and adds a lot to every show. And like there is a noticeable difference, uh, even in terms of, not just my own message, but just you listen to any like pro wrestling show with with commentary. Uh, when someone puts as much care and effort uh, as Veda does, it truly, truly makes the show better. And that, like this is this is my line. This is the one I keep saying. But every show is better with with Veda or you know someone like Veda. There, yeah. there's a bunch of other great commentators out there, but I think Veda really stands out and making every show better and just being a full-on addition to the show and the focus on making the matches better rather than... So this is what makes Veda such a great commentator is the focus on making the matches better rather than focus on being a great commentator. Sure. The great commentator part just happens, but the making matches better is, is, is really what it's about. One of my favorite things Veda did was the the social media clip where they were talking about, I'm not signed. Doesn't bother me. Not really. And, and it's that walk down the street, but absolutely a free agent in case anybody wanted to sign. Like, I love that. That was so good. So charming. Uh, I thought that was just amazing stuff. And I, I hope Veda ends up getting signed. I really do because absolutely one of the best commentators in the world right now. Uh, I just, fantastic stuff uh before well, if you agree with that the way we make that happen is by tweeting and telling people there you go. hey you should sign this person hey i do i do often but uh as we wrap up i want to talk about uh your streaming i mean it's such a natural i think for pro wrestlers to to stream to connect with their audience because that's so much of what you do in general so this other platform like what drew you to to doing that uh, so uh, many, many fact, many parts to that answer. Um, number one, number one was the pandemic yeah. and sitting at home and, and missing my audience, missing all the people from pro wrestling and wanting to reconnect with that, uh, was a big part of it and still wanting to, you know, do and be involved in professional wrestling. That was, uh, super important to me, uh, streaming online as well as I think a very, very wise man says, said, uh, that, uh, 
shall go unnamed for now. <laughs> but there is no longer a professional wrestling business. There's a content creation business. Ah. And for a bunch of us, the content just happens to be professional wrestling. And that is definitely look how I look at myself, at my brand. I mean, uh, I think pro wrestling is absolutely fantastic. I have been doing this long enough and I'm good enough at it that I'm in control of what I do and I'm able to produce matches that I really, really enjoy. And I want people to see them as much as possible because I think they're great. And I think we'd have more wrestling fans if more people watched them. So, for example, the I, I've been posting vlogs and, and match highlights and stuff on my YouTube channel. And a big part of that started from doing shows in Quebec, right, before uh, borders were open uh, and having great matches with people that I had a hand in training and absolutely wanted them to get out there. But the shows I was working on, because it's, you know, it's Quebec and it's smaller budgets yeah. and it's a smaller market and everything, had very, very little visibility. And me just deciding, okay, so instead of these matches just happening on this show and then never being seen again, I'm going to put them on YouTube and we're going to watch them on my Twitch. I love that. And I'm going to try to make the most out of it I can. I'm, I'm going to leave a no stone unturned when it comes to my match. I have this match, which I think is really great, and I want to do everything I can with it. You know, and, and on top of that, I think for necessary for any wrestler or any business is things like TikToks and Reels, and that's where the discoverability is at. And I think... Pro wrestling in 2022 is better than it's ever been. And I know that's somehow a controversial take, uh, even though, <laughs> you know, absolutely shouldn't be. Uh, I but you, I from, think from my perspective, it's more successful than I've ever, ever witnessed it for sure. Absolutely. And I think it only needs to be, you know, to reach broader audiences and for more, most more people to see it. And uh, I think, I think, you know, uh, impact is doing a, an awesome job with that on the televised side they're they're putting out a lot of free content uh, yes. one of my favorite parts about being with impact is that they've put nearly every single one of my televised matches on youtube as well for uh anyone to watch and they do it soon and it's great because it just means that more people can watch it um and i think you know Every wrestler needs to do their part in that as well in putting out as much wrestling as possible for people to see it. And that's how this all grows by us all working together and sharing it and putting it out there as much as possible. As we wrap up, we've seen a lot of like crossover MMA pro wrestling and the like. I've heard of a wrestler that I can't mention yet. That was approached for like an MMA fight. Have you, I'll tell you off the air. I'll, I'll uh, have you been approached for anything like that? in the past and is that something you would entertain the idea of or does this sort of satisfy your competitive urges i feel like pro wrestling takes up way too much time for me to be able to focus maybe in a different part of my career but then i might be too old but i don't feel like i've, I've competed in taekwondo i have uh, i've done one boxing match uh and it all it all ended up the same with professional wrestling is that it's it's not worth the expense and the time and the weight cut to miss out in a wrestling match to do with it. However, you know, if it was one of those uh, money fights with a YouTuber, yes. Yes. I would 100% entertain the idea. Uh, I think it would be great. Um, I think it would be fun. And it would be worth it financially for you. Right. Uh, so that that's the other side of it. So to answer your question, yes, I'll fight Jake Paul. That's that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see, and that's an <laughs> that's where this is going, right? Yeah, that's where this is going. I mean, I'm pumped to watch so, him fight Anderson Silva, legitimately. Uh, love Anderson Silva. I do, but too. maybe not Jake Paul. Maybe maybe some like he's a little bit above my my weight class. 
Yeah. Uh, I I think Speedball Mike Bailey versus PewDiePie would be would be worth. There you go. Let's go. Let's go. That's a headline right there. I'm sorry. That was no, that's a headline right there. <laughs> I'm selling some subscriptions off of that. Impact Wrestling Star wants to fight PewDiePie. Calls out cute PewDiePie. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh my gosh. October 7th, Bound for Glory against Frankie Kazarian for the Impact X Division title. Speedball Mike Bailey. I know you, you got a busy one. Thank you so much for taking the time. I hope I get to speak with you again. Absolutely. Thank you. Until next time, guys, we're out. Don't let your internet browsing experience kick you in the face like Speedball Mike Bailey. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered. Check out all the pay-per-views that you want to see at a much more affordable rate because you can change your virtual location with just one click and subscribe to overseas services much more affordably than you can here in the States. Not only that, they got that online threat protection, block online trackers, malware, your trash can falling over in the middle of your office while you're doing an ad read. Sorry, it won't actually do that, but it does all kinds of other great things. I mentioned changing your virtual location with just one click. It allows you to get those services that I mentioned. But how about this one? You can browse safely and securely whenever you're on the road, whenever you're traveling, and it works on all your devices, phone, laptop, desktop, PC, tablet, all that good stuff. And they have three great tiers for you, whether you want a VPN, a pass, a locker, or all three. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Get an additional four months off your deal and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss it.